This episode is brought to you by Margie Lamb, health coach and founder of Healthy and Hustlin'. Are you fed up with the dieting and the seemingly contradictory health advice out there? Do you want to feel great in your body and accomplish your goals in a way that's empowering and not overwhelming? For me, the answer was an easy yes. Five years ago, I was pushing 200 pounds. I worked out twice a day and counted my calories. I didn't really see a movement on the scale nor my body type. So I decided to check my ego and call up a health coach. Margie, as a certified integrative nutrition health coach, works with each client as a guide and mentor to build a healthy, sustainable lifestyle that will help you reach your health goals. She offers free one-hour initial consultations. To learn more, visit her website, www.healthyandhustlin.com. That's www.healthyandhustlin, spelled H-U-S-T-L-I-N, dot com. Thank you so much for tuning in to Defining Moments Podcast. Get on social media. Find us on Instagram at Defining Moments Podcast. On Twitter at Def Moments Pod. That's at D-E-F Moments Pod. We're on all sorts of podcasting platforms from Google to iTunes to iHeartRadio to Spotify. Search Defining Moments Podcast. Like it. Subscribe to it. We're also on YouTube so you can see the video edition. Search Defining Moments Podcast. Like it. Subscribe to it if you believe in it. And no matter what, show some appreciation today, every day, because someone is always rooting you on. Have you ever listened to a radio voice on the way home? And you always wonder, man, this person sounds like They know a lot, they have it together, and they do a lot. My name is Wong Lam, your host of Defining Moments Podcast, and that's exactly what happened. I listen to 107.7 franchise on the way home sometimes, and I hear this guy's voice. He hosts the All In Franchise Podcast, the co-host of the OKC82 Podcast, produces and co-hosts the Sam Mays Podcast. The man's name is Chisholm Holland. I wanted to get to know more about Chisholm. How does it sound like this guy knows so much about everything? And then more importantly, what's what's his life like off mic? How's he, how does he enjoy it? Those are important, and that's what we're bringing to you. Chisholm, thank you so much for taking your time to come onto our podcast. You're a great listen, a great person, and I enjoy you, man. Awesome. Cool. Welcome back to Defining Moments Podcast. My name is Wong Lam, and today's very special guest is the co-host of the fourth quarter on the franchise 107.7 FM in Oklahoma City, 107.9 in Tulsa. He's also the producer and the host of the Sam Mays Podcast, the All In Podcast, and he co-hosts the OKC82 Holy Podcast. Holy crap. Chisholm Holland, welcome to the Defining Moments Podcast, brother. Dude, about to be here. Yeah, man. About to be here. So for how sure. Was Nailed my resume. Yeah. Nailed it. Did you like that? That was impressive. Thanks, man. That was man. impressive, Thanks. for sure. Yeah. I try to get that radio voice because I don't have a face yeah, for it. Yeah, don't cover my yeah. job. Yeah. <laughs> don't send this in to my employer. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Before we get this started, man, I, there's a little something my wife and I wrote for you, and you don't have to read, don't read it out loud. Okay. It's just something for you. Name spelled right correctly and everything. Thanks, man. 
Yeah, for sure, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, and also, this is a little gift <laughs> from us. Oh, dude, this is awesome. Yeah. This is very cool. Yeah, man. For the camera? For the camera? Yeah. For sure. Oh, dude, that's awesome. Thank you so much. And here's a little something for you as well. Goodness gracious. Yeah, man. Well, now I feel awkward. Why? I have things. I can just, like, I can go f see what's in my glove box. And, like, <laughs> like, like, hey, you got an air gauge? Because my guy left. Yeah. <laughs> air pressure's low on the left. So. Dude, this is awesome. How cool. Yeah. You you drink coffee. Oh, dude, I do. And Live so, off the stuff. I mean, I don't know. You probably have a bunch of tumblers, but, hey, there's, there's a I actually do one. Well. In my house, there's a lot of tumblers. How many I'm allowed to use? Yeah. Very small number. Okay. It's all my wife. My okay. wife My wife owns the tumblers. Yeah. Because she takes them to work. Man, this is awesome. Yeah. How cool. Yeah. I appreciate that. That's so cool. Yeah, man. Well, thank you very much. Absolutely. I absolutely did not need to do that, man, but I appreciate it. Yeah. Well, we get to, and it's a pleasure to have you on. For sure. Well, this is a sweet setup, too, man. Thanks, man. Do you uh, remember how we first connected? I don't know if you remember this. Well, Twitter, I mean, I know that you and I have been talking back and forth. Right. Uh, that's where most of my social interaction comes nowadays, yeah. which I don't know if that's a good thing. Same here, man. Uh, man, first interaction, I don't remember. So, you uh, built a fence. <laughs> you tweeted about I can't remember. It was like, early, like spring, summer, and, yeah. and you were talking about it. I was like, okay, well, pictures. I want to see a picture. Oh, and you okay. said pictures, so that's how. Cool. Yeah, that was my first interaction with you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, small town kid. Mm -hmm. Grew up in a small town, so I don't. Not if you're a fence builder, like that's what you do for a living. Like I had nothing against you. I'm just like I'm not going to pay you to come build my fence. I'll build my own fence. Right. Yeah, yeah. So I knocked that out. Of course, about a week. That was fun. That yeah, was man. Fun. Yeah, I built a giant fence. Yeah. A huge fence. Yeah. Yeah, which was which was an undertaking. Yeah, ten feet tall, all the way around the house. So that's legit, dude. Yeah. Ten feet tall, man. It's a, it was a process. It was a process, <laughs> but it was fun. It was fun for sure. That's yeah. so funny. The fence is what uh. Yeah. Well, the first thing you saw. Yeah. Well, I've heard your voice on the radio. For sure. But then, of course, seeing you on Twitter, and then you talked about fence. It's like when people are like, oh, yeah, this is what I built. It's like, okay, cool. I'm gonna, I want to see pictures. Let's see it. Yeah, yeah. verify. Prove it. Yeah. Prove it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's a good call. Yeah, man. How are you doing today? Doing good, man. Good day for sure. Uh, actually, a little bit uh, of a slower day for me as far as the rest of this week. I'm mm -hmm. pretty busy. Yeah. Uh, but no, today I haven't done anything up until this point. I read a book most of the day. Yeah. So that's good. Yeah. Married life, the wife and dogs. Yes, one dog. <laughs> uh, I've had her, golly, a long time. Uh, she's the best dog on the planet. The yeah. absolute best dog on the planet. Her name's London. Uh, but yeah, been married for over a year as mm -hmm. of last month. So, wow, man. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome, For dude. sure, for sure. So you're on the radio. You also call high school football games. I do. Actually, yeah, just like local. right up the road. Yeah. Yeah, more high school. Yeah. 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 So how do you find time to edit podcasts, produce podcasts, deal with different personalities. How do you find time for Chisholm himself? Oh, man. Uh, yeah, it's it's all a learning curve. Like, when we mm -hmm. first... We just launched these podcast networks three months ago. Yeah. Um, and I knew that it was going to be an undertaking when we did it. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm one of those people that I, like, we do it once. It's like, okay, so we did it this one time. How can we make it not only better, but how can we make mm. it easier on ourselves? Yeah. So trying to streamline processes as much as possible. Um, so those first few weeks, because between all six of the podcast feed, we probably post 45 a week. Yeah. Um, so it's just a lot of editing. It's a lot of editing. Yeah. So I have to listen to everything before we post it. So it's not just, if it's an hour podcast, I'm listening to the whole hour mm -hmm. all the way through and making little edits here and there. Yeah. Uh, so it's just a lot of time. Um, and so finding tricks and 
ways to simplify that process down as much as possible. So something that used to take me an hour and a half now takes me like an hour and 10 minutes. Gotcha. That takes me 20 minutes, you know, stuff like that. Um, (laughs) But honestly, it's what, I mean, most people who work in this industry would tell you, it just really never feels like work. Mm -hmm. Like it just, it just doesn't. Yeah. I enjoy prepping for sports podcasts. I enjoy trying to figure out, okay, this is what I think. How do I back that up? How do I, you know, Mm. prove that's actually, you know, I know that's what I think, but my eyes are they telling me the same thing the numbers are, and just you know trying to go through that process. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed the research part of it. Um, high school football games and going to Thunder games, like I'm just never going to complain about that. Right. <laughs> like I'm just right. not. Yeah. Um, it, it's just a lot of fun. It's yeah. a lot of fun. Um, so it, I never really get bogged down. It never just really feels like I'm working a whole lot. Mm-hmm. You know. So I mean, hours go by, and days go by, weekends yeah. go by, especially during football season where it's just all a blur. Yeah. But, yeah, you know, I, I, I never, I, and I, my wife would hate me if I heard me say this, but I never have like the exhaustion from a job. Right. You know what I mean? Yep. Like my wife will come home all the time and just be like, oh man, my mind is just mush. Mm. You know, my brain's just tired. I've been working all day. Yeah. Like I'll be sleepy or, but I'm never just like, oh, I'm wiped and my brain's mush. Yeah. You know, I'm all, I, I don't know. It's just different. It's, it's, it's just different when you kind of find something that just, hits you personally and like you're just in a groove yeah you know and just days go by and like hours go by and stuff like that but it's just easy it's just easy on you so i don't know i don't ever really think about the the time for chisholm thing the only time i ever think is like when my mom calls me it's like hey i haven't talked to you in a few days I'm like, mm. oh, sorry mom yeah sorry. yeah that's the only thing outside of that no yeah i, I always wondered because i feel like when i listen to you, you and sam on the podcast or if you're at a spot and you're doing a, a live uh broadcast it, it just sounds so natural so organic authentic it's like man it's like this is what you're supposed to be doing that's what it sounds like to, <laughs> yeah. to, to me as a listener i appreciate that because yeah. that is i could i could send you some tape from when i first started doing this man and that is not anywhere close oh, really? to how it sounded. that was horrible <laughs> i was so bad i was so worried about making sure everything i was saying was right i was trying to i want you know if you're getting into this industry you get into sports and you're not an athlete Mm. you know just random people are like okay but what you know why are you special why should i listen to what you're saying and so you have this where you feel like you should prove your worth on some gotcha. level okay um and really early on man i struggled with that like yeah. i wanted people to think i was smart like that's all i wanted <laughs> i wanted people to think i was smart and then of course you realize i'm not yeah and so <laughs> then you're just fighting up a battle and so like early on that was really the process and i i stunk i was horrible really my bosses would tell you, i was horrible horrible at it and so i mean just Time and I do something that a lot of people don't is anything I do, and I mean anything. Every radio show, I listen to the whole thing front to back, mm. and I listen to myself talk, and I just tens of things that I'll get done with the show, and I'm like, that was a pretty good show, or that was a pretty good podcast. Yeah. But man, I could have done this better. I could have done this better. It yeah. was hard to understand me during this part. My my idea was good, but I didn't explain it well enough. It was yeah. hard to follow. And so, just if you know you're not a natural, and I'm not. Yeah. I'm not a natural radio person. Hmm. It, it's it's just putting the work in, you know? So wow. I appreciate dude, that is the nicest compliment anyone can give me is if they say I sound natural. Cause I'm not you a do. natural, I'm not a natural person. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, how long have you been doing this? Let's say radio. Uh, well, I got my internship in 2014. Right. Um, I wasn't on the air, uh, for that whole year. I was just odds and ends stuff, editing. That's where I learned how to edit, which okay. at the time I thought was really stupid. And it's like, why do I, why do I want to learn how to, and now like I edit every day for, you know, four or five hours. Wow. Um, it's so, like that skill has been huge and it's mm-hmm. helped me in other jobs and everything. 
Yeah. Um, but uh, so 2014 is where I started. I didn't get on the air until I was with Dave Garrett, and that term was loose. Um, probably late 2015. Mm. Um, and when I was with Dave, it was Dave, and I don't know if you're familiar with his old show. DG on the radio. Yeah, DG yeah. on the radio. Yeah. Uh, it was Dave and his cell phone, and people would text his cell phone, and he would just read the questions, <laughs> uh, which is great. And it was a great show, and people really loved it, and people ask us about it all the time. Uh, but as a producer, I, I never talked. Yeah. Like, I was literally just there to make sure Dave's mic worked mm. and that the commercials played. Like, that's all I was there for. <laughs> um, so I would say I actually, like, got on the air, got on the air until probably middle of 2016. Okay. Uh, that was really when I was actually getting airtime consistently enough where I was having the realization, like, I'm not as good as I thought I was. Yeah. I really I really need to work at this. So 2016 is when I started talking, but I've been doing the sports media stuff since 2014. Man. So starting back in mid-2016, what, what's something that you learned from your that point till now being on air? Oh, man, that point to now, a, a ton. Um it's a lot harder than you think. I, I mean, growing up in Oklahoma, and I have no problem. So I work at the franchise, which is 107.7. Yeah. There's another sports station in town called the Sports Animal, 98.1. Yep. And they've been around since my grandpa was a kid. <laughs> yeah, they've, they've been doing it a long time. Yeah. Uh, so I grew up listening to the Sports Animal. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Jim and Al and all those guys who I've never had the pleasure of meeting. But I tell you, like, those guys who made me want to do this. That's awesome. Because they sound like they're having fun. And I was like... Dude, I just get around and talk about basketball or football all day and like crack jokes. Like, that sounds awesome. That's like, you know, I got into high school and I got into college and I was like, oh, I could do that. Yeah. Like, I could do that. And then I got there and I couldn't. Like, just, I just thought I was going to sit down and just like, you know, because I'm a pretty charismatic guy. Yeah. And uh, sure. I, I, I usually speak pretty well. I did a lot of public speaking in college and all that stuff. I thought, you know, radio, easy transition. Yeah. yeah it's just the same thing. It's just different. It's it's hard to explain until you do it. It's just different when you're doing live radio. Podcasts are even a different format that it feels mm-hmm. a little different. But live radio is just a different animal. And I thought it was going to be really easy, and it wasn't. Yeah. And so then you get up there, and I don't know if you do this on podcasts, but like on a podcast, God forbid, if you hit like a mental brick wall, and you can't think of somebody's name, or you can't think of whatever, worst comes to worse, you just pause it. Like yeah. like that's the like worst comes to worse, you just pause the recording. True. Like if that like that's the last case. Radio, you're just up a creek. Like you know right. what I mean. Like you just gotta fight through it. Um, so it's it's just is not as easy as I thought. And I I honestly thought, man, I'm gonna get that job. I'm gonna man. work in radio. Yeah. I'll work a couple hours a day. I'll hang out with some people that I like. I'll joke around, talk about sports, be <laughs> funny, and I'll go home. And like that'll be my whole life. And in my head, it's like I'll work like ten hours a week. You know, I'll work fifteen hours a week. It's just it's just talking sports. I already watch sports. It'll be so easy. And now, I mean, I work. So much more than I thought, because it's so much more labor intensive, but it's a yeah. process. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it's just, it's not as easy as people think it is. Some people are naturals. I, mm. Colby Daniels is a guy who I work with every day. Mm-hmm. That dude is, just sat down in the chair for the first time. He's just a natural. He can just do it. Wow. But those, those people are few, few, few and far between. Most yeah. people I work with have to work at it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I would think that, I mean, I know, well, let's just say, for me, I don't know if I could ever do it. I mean, I would try, but man. Yeah, that, that's that's tough stuff, especially being live on the air, taking phone calls, pinging off of the co-host. Yeah, you know their vibe. And it's it's not a conversation. No, you know what I mean. It's like right. not you and the co-host are just chatting it up like at a bar. If right. that's what it was, like I could kill that. I yeah, could, I could. You know what I mean? I could do that, but it's not that. Um, so yeah, you're right. It's 
chemistry of who you're working with. Mm-hmm. Like if, if me and someone like Todd Lisenby is one of my absolute best friends. Love Todd. Mm-hmm. And he does a show every day from nine to noon. Me and Todd though, maybe 15 hours of total radio since I've been there. Like wow. on the air together, just, or just we just haven't crossed over a whole lot. Okay. Because he's in the mornings, I'm at night. Yeah. So a handful of times I've helped fill in and stuff like that, but nothing outrageous. And this past year, me and him called football games together. And like I said, I've known Todd since 2014. He's one of my best friends. Like I was at his wedding. Like I know Todd really, really well. Mm-hmm. We talk about we talk all the time. We got on the air together, and it was a disaster. <laughs> it was. I mean, it was a disaster. Really? Okay. The first couple of games were a disaster, just because we had no like feel for each other. Oh, you know, and there's a lot of that to it. And so you're right. I mean, as far as being on there with a co-host and going back and forth, it's mm-hmm. it's just not what people think it is. Yeah. And it maybe and if you're listening to a radio and you, it just sounds like they're just cutting up and it sounds like they're just having a conversation, that's awesome. Yeah. But that's just, that's so hard to do. Yeah. So hard to do. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's just a lot to it. Yeah. A lot to it for sure. Well, you're making it sound like a brain surgery now. That's not the case. Well, I... Well, it's a lot of brain thinking. I mean, it, <laughs> yeah, I'm burning some cells. I'm burning some calories thinking about what you, you're just, you're talking about. Sure. And, the, and so you talked about Todd and you talked about DG. What about personalities like Madison or even Sam Mays? Yeah, he's a. I I like your guys' banter because I feel like you guys are just totally unfiltered. And when I listen to you on the drive home, I I chuckle, man. I was like, dude, these guys are legit. Yeah. 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 Uh, Sam is. Like, I'm just honest. I'm just blessed uh, to have Sam. Mm. Uh, you know, and I know people who listen to him. I mean, people are either, like, in Sam's corner mm. or they hate him. And that's great. That's great for radio. Like, you, oh, yeah. you either want people to love you or hate you. Okay. Because either way, they're listening, which is great. That's all you're trying to get is people to listen. And it's not about making people hate you to hate you. It's about ma- making people think about your opinion. Mm. You know, so if you're saying something they disagree with, they're thinking about it. And if they mm. hate you, that means they're dwelling on it. You know, they're thinking about it all the time and it's getting them angsty. That's exactly what you want. Uh, and so Sam is incredible at that. Um, and Sam and I now work together every day. I mean, yeah. he's the guy who I work with the most now at the franchise by far. Yeah. Um, and I've just learned a ton from him. But what I will give Sam, and he does not get any credit for this. I mean, any. Is that he is a loud voice. Mm-hmm. He's a yeller. He's got emotions all over the place. Yeah. But Sam can take a joke as well as anyone I've ever worked with. Yeah. Like he can laugh at himself and like not take himself. And I know that sounds so counterintuitive because he's a yeller. Yeah. But if you make a joke about Sam, Sam will laugh at it. Yeah. And that is such a rare trait. Willing to look stupid on the radio, man, those people are few. I struggle with that. Yeah. You know, if someone like, I can take one or two, but if someone's like coming after me over and over and yeah. over, like I eventually I'm just going to push back and it mm. becomes a thing. People who can just, laugh at themselves when they do something wrong or yeah. laugh at themselves when someone else makes a joke about them. Like Sam is the only person I've ever met that every single time. Dang. Like he's on board with it. Well, <laughs> that's great because I, I assume I can swear. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm so. a smart ass. And like, yeah. so like I pop off all the time and like, I have no problems like making fun of someone and someone making fun of me and we going back and forth a little bit. And Sam is the first person I've worked with it. Anything I throw at him, if it's in good faith, like if I'm mm. outright mean, that would be different. But if, yeah, like, yeah. if I'm just trying to be funny and that's clear, yeah. Sam will go along with it. Yeah. Um, so Sam makes it so easy. Okay. So, so easy because that's something that no one ever talks about with him because, again, he yells a lot. He you know, gets stuff for the Oklahoma State stuff all the time and his yeah. opinions and he's, he's very emotional. But Sam takes a joke 
better than anyone else in the state. I'm, I'm serious. It's not close. That guy, the guy has such a great sense of humor about himself. He makes it so easy to work with him. Okay. Yeah. You, you talked about the banter and, and you talked about him taking jokes and you're able to take jokes. And I think we all, most of us, except for Sam maybe, to a certain extent, gets a little bit like, dude, come on now, easy. Yeah. How do you deal with negativity, especially on Twitter? Oh, dude, that's a, that's a totally different animal. Um, so I only have Twitter. Don't okay. have any other social media. Um, you know, and it's funny that you bring this up. I, today, I was, in, I was just watching stuff on Twitter. Just going, what is wrong with people? Like, what, what, is, what is the deal? Um, so I don't have Twitter because I had a Facebook and I had a little brother who had a Facebook. My name's Chisholm Holland. Like if you search me on Google, whether you live in Alabama mm. or New York or in Oklahoma, you're going to find me. There, mm. There's not any Chisholm Hollands running around. You yeah. know what I mean? It's a yeah. very unique name. Um, and so I said something about Oklahoma football that someone didn't like, which if you say anything negative about Oklahoma football, mm. someone doesn't like it, which is fine. Uh, again, you want people to hate you or love you. Gotcha. Um, so like I didn't, that didn't bother me, but I had a Facebook at the time. They found me, which isn't a problem. You know, I don't care if you find me. They found my girlfriend who ended up being my wife mm. and they found my little brother who's eight years younger than I am. And they went after those two people. Mm. And that was something I, I had experienced people coming after me and saying I'm stupid or I'm wrong or I'm an idiot. Because first off, all those things are true. Um, but like I can accept that on some level, but where I struggle the most with social media is people, if you get really under their skin and it, like I said, I, I'm trying to remember what it was. Cause it was, I think it was right after, Oh, you beat Alabama in the sugar bowl. Mm. And I said, yeah, that's great. That doesn't change the fact they had a really disappointing season or something along those lines, which I don't feel like it's that controversial, but anyway, it just, for whatever reason, it hit this one guy personally, like, and he just, he just couldn't let it go. Um, and he went after my girlfriend and my little brother and said some stuff. So that's why I don't have a Facebook anymore because mm. I don't want to be connected gotcha. to people who are going to be brought into my little weird orbit mm. of having to put up with stuff. Um, that's all just to say that social media is a hateful place sometimes. But as far as Twitter goes, it takes an adjustment because um, I went from someone who didn't have a Twitter. And I got my internship at the radio station. And I made it my first day there. Mm. Um, all I had at that point was a Facebook. I don't couldn't explain why. Um so I made my Twitter the first day there. And then all of a sudden, just from the rate, I mean, just I had these strangers. And like, yeah. that's just a different experience when you have strangers who feel like they know you. And that's what's really, really jarring with Twitter is because, you know, Jim, who works for 7-Eleven, gets off at four o'clock every day and he drives home to Moore. It takes him 45 minutes. And for that 45 minutes, he listens to me every single day. Yep. And I appreciate Jim. So he listens to me talk about my wife. He listens to me talk about my dog. He listens to me talk about my favorite sports teams. He listens to me tell funny stories about my parents because my parents are hysterical. Mm -hmm. He feels like he knows me. I've never in my life talked or seen Jim ever. Okay. So then when I make Jim mad, he doesn't come at me as a stranger. He comes at me like someone who feels like he's coming after someone he knows personally. Oh. And what he realizes is he doesn't know me. I don't oh. know him. Yeah. I'm just on the radio. Um, and so it's, it's hard to explain until you get put into that world. That there's people being hateful on straight to on Twitter to strangers, and there's being hateful to people on the radio mm. or people on TV mm -hmm. or any medium like that is because the person coming after you feels like they know you. So they're just a little bit sharper and a little bit more pointed and a little mm. bit more personal. Um, because they know. And yeah. they feel like they have that right because they know you. 
Gotcha. Um, and so it first year I was there again. I'm a smart ass. I mean, I anybody who came after me, I'm right back. Wow. Like, I was right back, and yeah. I was 20 at the time. Okay. You know, so I mean, whatever. Um, it, it, like it's so like, and I have no problem arguing with people, and then like I get you know people riled up, and I just had to learn like that's just not going to work. Mm. <laughs> like you know, you can't do that forever. Uh, and I'm by no means famous, and I'm sure like when you drop this podcast, this video, 95 percent of people will be like, who the hell is that guy? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not saying that because I'm some big celebrity and that's just not the case, but my following has gotten a little bit bigger where I'm getting way more daily interaction. And I was like, this is just, I have to stop on some level. So yeah. with Twitter, I mean, I just don't pay attention. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just, you know, shoot out my ideas every so often. If I'm, if I'm like home alone and my wife's out of town, I'll read my replies just so I have something to do. Mm-hmm. Maybe go back and forth with somebody. But if not, man, I just don't look. Okay. Yeah. So you don't even check it. Sometimes yeah. the the, yeah. the negativity. Because it, it, Twitter, you can be anonymous. Mm-hmm. I don't want to argue with, and I'm just making up a Twitter handle, but like yeah. I don't want to argue with SoonerFan752. Yeah. Because I don't know who that is. Yeah. That could be anybody. That could be my dad. Yeah. Like, you know, like I have no clue. <laughs> I don't want to argue with that person. Uh, now, if someone's name, if like if someone has their name in their Twitter handle and a photo of them and their wife, I am way more likely to interact with you and go back and forth because I know that there's some social standard here because if you're just an outrageous douche and you say something just hateful you know and you come out you call me a word that you would never say in front of your mother right or you know you country personally well that's on your twitter account with your name on it and a picture of your wife like everyone knows that you're a jerk and i'm cool with that i have no problem with you being a jerk on social media as long as you own it it's Mm. the anonymous people being rude or hateful or all that stuff that Gets you really riled up. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I just like, what, what do you, you have nothing to lose here? So of course you're a jerk. Yeah. Yeah. But. That's really interesting. Cause obviously on my Twitter handle, it's at Def Moments Pod. So it's just my logo, the logo of our podcast. And which is brand. different. Yeah. Because you have a podcast, you have a yeah. feed, you have a way for inter- people to interact with you. Mm-hmm. You're just yeah. like a random bot. Like, yeah. I don't know what to do. And yeah. So when we interact, we, for lack of a better phrase, we don't have any fun cool controversial hot takes we just try to interact with people and try to get to know them like so in, for instance you said 95 percent of the people may not know who you are when this podcast drops on youtube or on platforms however they're going to know your name they'll be like oh that's that guy that does it all in podcast sure. yeah you know so sure. that's what we're after we're after like dude what what drives chisholm to be chisholm uh well i want to be Chisholm because I've not been Chisholm. I assume everyone who is a young adult, I worked at the radio station my last two years of college. And then right out of college, I worked there for a little tiny bit. Um, and then in late 2016, I found a different job. So it offered me more money than I ever made in my life mm-hmm. doing a job that I didn't know if I was going to like or not, but that paycheck sounded great. You know, and <laughs> if people think that anyone gets rich on radio let me tell you you don't (laughs) like i wouldn't be doing this if i didn't have my wife if i wasn't married to my wife and she didn't have her job i'm seriously i'd be doing something else i couldn't live Mm. i could not live by i I would not make enough money to support myself wow um so i mean sacrifices are made to do this but anyway so someone offered me a ton of money and i knew i was going to be proposing to my wife soon and i was like okay i'm gonna do it so i just went and made a bunch of money for a couple years was super successful if I ever wanted to get a job kind of back in that field again, I could probably do it because I've got mm. uh, some pretty strong resume numbers and I was yeah. pretty good at it. 
I was miserable. Mm -hmm. I hated it. I hated it. And, you know, we were talking about earlier about my wife coming home and her brain was mush. I wasn't necessarily like my brain is mush because I, I'm pretty good about like, if I have to do this, I can get it done. Like I'm one of those people who wake up in the morning and like I'm in the shower in 60 seconds from mm -hmm. me waking up. Like I just start my day and I just get yeah. after it. But I was like defeated. You know what I mean? Just like emotionally and spiritually. Just defeated. And I had no idea what I wanted to do. And I just felt like I was running 100 miles an hour on a treadmill and like just going nowhere. And I was like, I was just miserable. Miserable. So like I said, I was making a lot of money. Um, and so I started going on vacations a lot. Um, started buying stuff. You know, I always had the new iPhone. Like I always yeah. had all this stuff. And I just couldn't get it figured out. Like I just yeah. could not figure out what the issue was. Um, and I was just miserable. And so, I mean, eventually it just hit you like a sack of bricks. Like, oh, this is not what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. Like this is not who I am. Um, and I was like in a, I was in a sales marketing job and I was really good at it. But on some level that feels a little phony because you're like trying to convince someone to spend their money on something and they might give you like the, well, we don't really have money for it at that time or right. whatever. And I'm like, no, you really do. Yeah. Um, and like, and so like, I just, I just didn't feel like myself mm -hmm. and I talked to my wife about it and we talked about, you know, how happy I was when I was doing the sports thing and got back into it and it's, I'm broke. I have had the same iPhone since I came back at the radio station. Like I can't afford to upgrade. I will never buy a new car. I'll drive yeah. that one until it's dead. Uh, you know, we don't get to go eat out all the time. I have to cook a lot, but I wouldn't change it for the world. And there's nothing wrong with that. What, what, I mean, and I would not change it for the world. And all of a sudden, it's kind of like what we talked about at the start. Is all of a sudden, I just felt like, oh, this is my groove. Like, this mm. is what I'm supposed to do. Um, and I don't know if, like, I don't think I'm ever going to be, like, a not coming to you live from New York City, Chisholm Holland. Like, that's yeah. just never going to be me. I, that sounds miserable to me. Yeah. But, like, doing this and, like, being on the local level and just doing high school sports and covering a local football team and all that, like, yeah. wouldn't change it. Yeah. Wouldn't change it for anything. And I just, it just, you know, it just feels like myself. And I hope everyone finds that eventually. That's hope they awesome. make more money than I do. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, they find that eventually. Yeah. You, not to get off topic, but no, you, no, no. you, you kind of look like a Kirk Herbstreet. Kirk Herbstreet? Yeah. You ever get that? I mean, do I look like Kirk? Yeah. I mean, I'll take that. that is a, that's a strong looking dude. He, yeah. I mean, yeah, you're right. He's a strong looking dude. You, I usually get James Franco. Okay. I get James Franco a lot. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Which man. he's a pothead. And now James Franco's got some other stuff going on so don't know if i want that comparison anymore. yeah usually that's a celebrity comparison i guess james Franco. we'll take the herb street uh, level yeah comparison. herb street i'll take yeah yeah i'll take herb street <laughs> it's a good looking dude <laughs> i wish i was dude. a sideline reporter man i i wish i was a good looking dude period so whatever man <laughs> <laughs> for sure for sure for sure yeah what's your favorite part about covering high school sports oh man um so i've covered i've been to a super bowl i've done dallas cowboy games i've done obviously a ton of OU stuff, mm -hmm. Oklahoma State stuff. I was UCO even. High school is different. It's just different. Mm -hmm. and it's hard to explain until you're down on the sidelines every single game. You see kids who are fighting for it every single week. Um, and you just, you could feel that like, it's hard. Again, if you haven't been down on a sideline for every level of these, it's hard to explain. Pro teams, college teams, on some level, you can tell like it really matters. Mm. High school, it's like their life. Like every snap is just everything to these kids. And they mm. just want to be successful so bad. And what's so much fun about high school football is sometimes they stink. Yeah. Like they're just, it's like, yeah, you're not going to play in college, my man. Like you're just, you got no chance. But 
like that kid works hard at it every single day and he's like overachieving by you know five different levels because he's working so hard because he just wants to be good he just wants to be good um and it's hard to explain until like i said you can see the difference but high school is just like those kids identities are just so much more wrapped into it because especially at like the small town level where i grew up if you fail like Mm -hmm. if i played a bad basketball game in high school my mom and my dad knew it because they were there yeah my preacher knew it yeah. You know, my teachers knew it. Right. You know, the guy who ran the gas station up the road who I fill up my tank every morning knew it. The girl who sells me the donuts on Tuesday morning knew it. You know, like, <laughs> it's different. It's just, I, and I'm not saying big city schools are worse or better. I'm just saying, especially small town football. Yeah. It's just so different. And yeah. how every single snap matters because if you turn around and look at the stands, you can see their parents, their grandparents, their aunts and uncles, their cousins who are there. And like I said, everyone from the community who these kids see every day. So yeah. they not only want to perform for themselves and for their family, but they want to perform for their town. Yeah. And it matters a whole lot. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, high school sports, I, I, I basically pay to do high school sports. Like, you know, I'm losing money by doing high school sports. Yeah. And I, I'm, if I can, I'm going to try to do it every year till I die. Like, that's awesome. Yeah. I'll man. do high school football till I die. It's, it's just different. It's so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. That is the reason I asked that. Cause I've heard you call, some high school games. And then also I heard a conversation on the radio on a drive home on Friday night. I think Sam Mays was, you and him were going back and forth about calling high school football games. And you're like, no, nah, dude, this, this isn't for you, Sam. And he's like, why? Because it's color commentary. And I was like, oh my gosh, I kind of saw where this was going right. with the commentary. And it's just pretty funny because it's unfiltered. Right. You know, so I was like, man, I can appreciate you guys. Uh, yeah. Just being fun. Yeah. And no one taking it too, like, hard on each other man uh yeah me yeah me and sam have a pretty good relationship going back and forth um and i like i don't know if people like this for all i know people listen to me and they go god i hate that chisholm kid uh but i i like like not making it sound like we do is like brain surgery on some level and i like telling people kind of what the process is because before i got into it i had no idea Mm -hmm. um so yeah talking about color commentary and stuff like that and sam would suck at it he'd be be horrible um because it's just not built for him uh because you got to explain everything that happened in like 20 seconds and sam is long-winded yep uh so he can't do it in 20 seconds um but yeah so i mean it's fun it's fun to go back and forth and kind of talk about that stuff and people ask me questions all the time and i just i love talking about sports media like i love talking about the industry and like where it's going and you know, radio, radio and TV now, but streaming and podcasts and the internet mm. later. I love that conversation. Yeah, um, Brady Trantham works at the franchise. Me and him, yep. we record a podcast every week. And I would say we probably talk for an hour and a half before we actually start recording just about like the industry mm. and like thoughts of where it's going and what ideas could work. And hey, I have this crazy idea. Do you think that would ever happen? You know, if we try to do this, would it happen? You know, stuff like that. Yeah, so, yeah I find stuff like that super interesting. Yeah, you, you talk about questions. What are a couple questions that people never ask you, but you wish they would ask? Uh, about my job? It's or... about you, your job, anything. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I don't get asked questions a whole lot. Um, on the fourth quarter, I mean, it's Sam. Like, I totally get it. Like, people, <laughs> Sam has been in the radio for a long time. So people are calling to talk to Sam. No one's calling to talk to Chisholm. <laughs> if you notice when people call in, they go, hey, Sam, I got a question for you. No one ever says, hey, Chisholm. No one. Uh, my dad actually called in once as a joke while I was on remote. So I did, I'm usually I'm the one answering the phone to put people yeah. on the air. If I'm on a remote, I'm not. Um, and my dad called in once because he knew I wasn't in studio. And he 
hey, this is Corey from Marlowe. And as soon as he says that, that's my dad. Uh, and he knows that I've made jokes about that before. And he goes, Sam, I got a question for you. And like, that was like, this is like, no one on the planet knew that was supposed to be funny. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, no one knew that was a joke. And I died laughing. <laughs> Uh, this just shows you how funny my parents are. They're way funnier than I am. That's awesome. It man. is awesome. Uh, anyway, uh, well. as far as questions that people ask me, I mean, I don't know. Like, I'm a pretty open book. Mm. Not a whole lot that I don't mind talking about. Um, I don't know. That's tough. Yeah. Um, I'm sure if you ask me something, like I, like I said, I wouldn't mind talking about it. But most mm. people, anytime that someone finds out I work at the franchise or they recognize me, which is very rare, um, they just want to talk to me about the Thunder or... Oh, you football. Oh, you football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so usually those are the questions I get, which is fine. Yeah. But if you know, great one is if you actually know me, like my number one sport is the NFL. And we never talk about the NFL. Yeah. Well, not as much as I would want to. We talk about it sometimes. Uh, so like I live and die for who do I think is going to win the Super Bowl? What do I think the playoff season is going to look like? Who's looking good right now? And all that stuff. Which is why I'm glad the podcast started because that gives me a little bit more leadway mm-hmm. in that direction. But yeah, I would probably talk more about the NFL if that was a choice. Okay. Yeah. So who do you think is going to win the Super Bowl next I'll... 2020 February? Well, first off, I'm going to say the Patriots because I'm just going to pick the Patriots every year till they just don't because <laughs> there's a 50-50 shot I'm right. You know what I mean? That's a pretty good odds. Um, so I'll just say the Patriots. But Love it. Yeah, yeah. I would say my favorite team to watch in the NFL this year is San Francisco by a mile. Mm. I love the fact that the NFL was going the Mike Leach. We're going to throw the ball 50 times a game. Mm-hmm. We're going to get four receivers out here, one running back or five receivers and run an empty set. We're going to sling the ball all over the yard, and that's kind of where everybody was going. Yeah. And then San Francisco's like, not so fast, my friend. <laughs> you know, We're going to run the ball 42 times a game. We're going to play yeah. incredible defense. Our defensive backs are going to be huge. Our de- defensive ends are going to be fast. And mm-hmm. I, I like, and it's not the fact that I like that style of play more. I love it when a team zags when everyone else is zigging. I like the team okay. that's like standing out and doing it different. Yeah. Love that team. Okay. So that's all I like. I like San Francisco and Baltimore a lot this year for that reason. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Just because they're different. Everyone okay. else is throwing the ball and they're like, yeah, yeah, we're going to run the ball. And that's just yeah. not where everyone else is going. Okay. Yeah, so that's what I like right now. Dallas Cowboys are they? Uh, what do they call it? You think they're going to make the playoffs this year? Uh, that's tough. Uh, they got a one game lead on Philadelphia right now. Right. Uh, one more game to go between the two. So Dallas would have to lose a game between now and then, uh, not to Philadelphia. Uh, to ensure, I don't think either one of them will be a wild card. Dallas stands a pretty good chance. Mm. Their schedule is a little bit tougher than Phillies down the stretch. Yeah. So. I'd put, I would put it like 50-50. Yeah. It's one of those teams that are getting in, and I don't know which one, but yeah. Dallas is okay. They're not as good as they looked early in the year, but they're okay. The phrase I was looking for is contender or pretender for the Cowboys. That's what I wanted to know. Uh, there's a term I use all the time called a good-bad team, and the Dallas Cowboys <laughs> are the quintessential good-bad team. Mm. They beat the bad teams. They lose to the good ones. and that's, <laughs> I mean, that's just who they're going to be. Every yeah. game, if you go into it and you say, okay, Dallas is better than them, Dallas will win. Mm. And if you go, oh, Dallas is worse, they're never going to upset anybody. Yeah. Um, so I think that's kind of who Dallas is. Yeah, because they year. went through a 4-0 stretch, and then they went to an 0-3 stretch. Right. Right, so right. then they went back into Yeah, the then they beat the game. Eagles, of course. Yeah. And yeah. the Eagles, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, I think that's kind of who they are. I think yeah. that they're they're just one of those mediocre teams kind of in the middle. Yeah. No one likes hearing that. That's kind of what they are. That's what Philly is, too. But, yeah. So, 
What's your least favorite sport to talk about? Sports I don't know anything about. Uh, <laughs> I love talking about soccer, and we never talk about soccer. Yeah. Uh, not like USL stuff. Or not USL. Uh, not uh, the Premier League stuff. Right, right. Because um, I don't follow that. But, like, my mom's from Argentina. Cool. So, like, global soccer. Yeah. Like, World Cups and stuff like that. Like, all the way in. Mm-hmm. Um, we never, ever talk about that. Um, so, soccer I would love to talk more about on the international level. Mm-hmm. As far as sports I don't like talking about. Honest? I don't, know yeah. how, I don't know how people watch this. Uh, college football, I think it's the, so boring and so predictable. Mm. Um, look at the college football playoff. It's three of the four teams that get in every year have made a college football playoff before. It's the same six teams over and over and over with uh, one team who kind of comes out of nowhere, quote unquote. Mm. Um, that's super boring. I hate predictability. Mm. So like a few basketball as well. I mean, I love the NBA. You know, my dad's a big NBA fan. That yeah. was probably like my number one sport as a kid. Okay. My dad's a basketball guy. Um, so, like, me and my dad watched a lot of basketball together growing up. And that's what I like about the NBA. And then, you know, these past few years, it's been tough with yeah. Kevin and Golden State. And now the fact that's not the case anymore, less predictable, I enjoy that. And so that's why I don't like college football is because if you said at the start of the year, Chisholm, you get to pick six teams. <laughs> and if one of those teams win a national title, I'll give you $100. But if one of them don't, you have to give me a thousand dollars. I'd make that bet every year, and mm. I would win every single time. Yeah, that's just just yeah. how it is. Yeah, that's boring. That's really really boring. It's, okay. But if you're like an Oklahoma alum, I didn't go to OU. Yeah, uh, if you're an I Oklahoma did. alum and like that's like your identity, and I'm wrapped up, I totally get it. Mm. I'm just saying, as someone who doesn't have ties to a school, because I went to UCO. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just real boring. Yeah, <laughs> you know, well, just real UCO's pretty good football too, though. Not bad. Uh, see again. Okay, so I went to that <laughs> school. I want them to be really good. They're fine this year. Yeah, yeah, they're middle of the road. Yeah, 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 they're okay. Yeah. I, because we thought this year was going to be a big turning point for the program. We thought they might have a real chance of doing something special. Mm-hmm. They've been a little underwhelming. But mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, college, I mean, the one I talk about the most is college football, and I would tell you it's kind of the most boring. Oh, that's fair, man. Yeah. That, that's fair. Well, I went, I graduated from OU, and obviously I played soccer, high school, college, and I coached competitive soccer for a very long time. Really? You're just like, hey, man, Juan, what's your favorite sport? People would think, oh, you're a soccer guy. It's like, dude, oh, you football. Yeah. But I'm also a realist. I'm very optimistic. I think we should win it every year. Right. But being real, like, you know, you, you lost to Kansas State off of a whatever, onside kick. Well, it's done with. I mean, now you got four more games to focus right. on, and you could drop all four. Let's be real. You know, so. Sure. Anyways, yeah. Sure. But yeah, so that's the one I, I don't enjoy talking about, just because, again, I could, like if I could pick six teams, I could guess yeah. the national champion every year, and that's yeah. that's boring. That's yeah. just really boring. But if you're cheering for one of those six schools, that's good for you. It's right? a ton of fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I always tell people my favorite day at work is either when OU wins by forty or they lose. Mm. You like those middle of the road games? You come back like, oh yeah, they looked okay. That's kind of boring. Mm. But you come in, hey man, they looked really good. This could be the year. They could beat Alabama. You know, that's fun. Or if you're like, I don't know what the hell's going on in Norman. <laughs> that's also fun. Like those are that is. I'm just in it to have fun. And like that yeah. is like the two spectrums. Dude, I mean, people have meltdowns though. I mean, oh, like, dude. You know what I mean? It's so weird. Like, all, you know, obviously what we tried at the radio station and me specific, I mean, I really try my best to like, re- if you send in a text to the text line, like I'm trying to make sure I read it and know what people are finding interesting and kind of go those directions and be really social media heavy yeah. as much as I can. The phone calls are great for that. Um, so 
a lot of our content comes in that direction. After an OU loss, crickets. Crickets. Really? Oh, yeah, man. People don't want to talk. And you think OU fans would be mad or angry yeah. or want to defend their team and say, hey, I know we lost, but OU fans like drop off the face of the planet. I bet we probably, the Monday after K-State, I think we took two phone calls. Usually we'll take 25 in a show. Wow. I think we took two. Usually I have to tell people no, like, hey, sorry, we don't have enough time. Yeah. People just don't want to talk about it. It's man. so weird. So weird. People are wrapped up, man. People love OU football, and I get it. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. Wow. Early in the conversation, you talk about getting up from your, out of your bed to the shower in 60 seconds. You go through your day, there's a checklist. Is there a couple things that are that you have to do, like your habits, not including coffee, because I know you're a coffee connoisseur. Coffee, coffee drinker. Yeah, so besides coffee, are there are a couple things that Chisholm has to do to sure. for his day to work. Sure. Um, so since I started in the radio, I work a lot of nights and weekends, so I have time in the morning. Mm. Um, so I'm a little bit lucky with kind of the fact I have like a couple hours every morning to kind of like do a routine. Yeah. Most people are like trying to get as much sleep as possible so they can wake up, shower, go to work. Yeah. I don't have that pressure because uh, like the earliest thing I ever have to do is like 10 a.m. So, you know, oh, I've, nice. I've got a couple hours um, to kind of figure myself out. So first thing I do every morning, I got this from my dad, is I rinse off. I don't like take a shower shower. I don't put like soap on, but I get in the water. Yeah, most mornings I take a cold shower, except for the winter. I, I won't take a cold shower because that's, you're just torturing yourself at that point. Uh, but I'll take a cold shower most mornings. Okay. Uh, just kind of rinse off and get my body awake. Yeah. yeah kind of give yourself a jolt to the system. Um, I run every morning. Um, so run most of the time outside. Uh, this morning, today might have been the last day I run outside for a while. Dude. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but most of the time outside, uh, I run, take my dog on a walk. Okay. My dog walks three three miles every day. Nice. So she walks a ways. Um, and then while I'm walking her is whenever I'll listen to podcasts. Mm. Um, always try to make sure, you know, doing what I do, I want to make sure I'm listening to people. Yeah. Okay, like how far back, you know, what do they think? Do I agree with them? You know, because mm. you're always trying to churn. Sure. Churn and think on stuff. So that's walking my dog. That takes about an hour. I listen to podcasts and stuff in that process. And uh, so running walk my dog, and then I read. Um, you got no problem. Like, I'm a Christian. Yeah. Very proud. Uh, go awesome. To, go to a great church on 23rd Street. Um, so read my Bible for about a half hour. And then this year, I'm uh, proud to say, my New Year's resolution was I wanted to read every. Wanted to read a book every single morning. Like, I was reading the Bible. I wanted to read a book. Okay. Because uh, I used to read quite a bit, and then the past few years I've just stopped. Yeah. Um, and I don't like that. Uh, so, yeah, I read an actual book every morning. So Man. try to expand my horizons. Usually I read like nonfiction. Okay. Uh, you know, biographies, stuff like that. Yep. I'm reading the Martian, which is that Mark Wahlberg movie mm -hmm. right now. Yep. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do like a sci-fi fiction book. Okay. I don't know. We'll see if I like it. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, so that's, that's kind of awesome. about, about two and a half hours worth of stuff that I do every morning. That's great, man. Yeah, I, I like your energy. I like your presence in this uh, <laughs> this room. I really do. I appreciate it. It's enjoyable. It's the first time I met you in person. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, I have a good vibe with you, man. So sure, I appreciate. Sure, it. sure, sure. Yeah, man, I appreciate. It. The uh, you talk about we talked about your habits and who are like maybe two or three people you wish you could meet in person if there is no social media or if you need let's just say this that you needed to talk to someone and there's no social media who would you reach out to. So who do I already personally know? Or whomever. If you there was no social media, who would you want to call up, say, hey, I want to talk to you for whatever reason? Sure. Um, 
again, this will, I hope people listen to what I'm saying and not what I'm not saying. Uh, one of the biggest influences on like, if I had to say like I have a style. Yeah. yeah. Um, and like someone who's content and there's a, there's a, this big thing that people struggle with is just because I don't agree with you doesn't mean that I have to hate you. Yeah, for sure. Um, so there's a guy who I think does content just about as well as anybody. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of the stuff I don't agree with, but I think he does content really well is Bill Simmons. Okay. Um, yeah, he owns the rigger.com now of LA. He was in at ESPN for a long time. Yep. Um, he's been very, very harsh in Oklahoma, Oklahoma City specifically. Um, and this is a bad day to bring it up because he just released an article that real tough on Oklahoma City. Uh, but again, it's about his style. Yeah. The way he writes, the way he talks, his thought process. Um, he's well-researched, but also well-opinionated. Mm. He, he is not a fence sitter. Um, you can be really, really popular in media if you just never tick anybody off and just sit the fence. And everyone's like, yeah, he's fine. No one loves you. No one hates you. He's not that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like that about him because yeah. I generally find the people who are sitting the fence constantly are way less authentic than the people who are on the outsides. Yeah. Um, so anyway, he's well-researched, he's well-opinionated, and the way he presents stories, again, I don't always agree with him. I don't agree with most of them. Yeah. But he does it in such an interesting way because he, again, you could tell he's so smart and so bright, but he sounds so casual. Yeah. And I love that about him. That's awesome. Um, so yeah, Bill would definitely be a guy who I've never met, never been in the same room as. I mean, in Man. a heartbeat, in a heartbeat, I would love to meet him. Um, my dad uh, is someone who is just the dopest human alive. Yeah. yeah, it makes me sick because he is such a good person and so like so smart, so funny. Everyone loves my dad. Yeah, like eighty percent of the people I meet don't know me because of the radio. You think that'd be it, but most people go, "Oh, your name's Chisholm. Is your dad Corey?" Yeah. Like I get that all the time. Uh, because my dad is just that guy. Yeah. You know, just everyone knows my dad. Um, but anyway, so my dad has been huge. That's cool, man. Um, it's anytime I have you know, a stressful day or whatever, and you know, I can I just always call my dad. And sometimes like I call my dad, and I'm like I'm worked up, and like I won't even talk to him about it. Mm. I just, we'll just talk. Yeah. And again, my dad's that first person that I really formed kind of a relationship with in sports. Like we just watched a lot of sports together. Yeah. Um, so like, I love talking to Sam. I love talking to Brady. I love talking to Chase and Bennett, the guys I do the podcast with. Yeah. And I do that. At, my favorite person to talk sports with is my dad. Like, that's cool, It's just man. not even close. Um, so uh, that's a big one for sure. For sure. For that's sure. good stuff, man. Yeah. yeah You're yeah. only, what, mid-20s? 26. 26, yeah. Yeah. So is there any piece of advice you would give your younger self, your 15-year-old self, 16-year-old self? Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, again, I'm going to honest, uh, the college thing was a mistake mm. and I don't mean going to college. Um, like I said, I, I thought I wanted to do this for a long time. Like I thought this is what I wanted to do. And when I went to college, the franchise didn't even exist. Right. Like it wasn't even a radio station my freshman year. Um, so I mean, we're new, we're brand new. Um, but I knew this is what I wanted to do and I didn't believe in myself and I didn't do didn't major in journalism, even though I really thought that's what I wanted to do. It's like, nah, do something safer. Get a different degree in case it doesn't work out. And I, and it hasn't worked out yet. Like, I'm still trying to get there. 
Um, but, uh, you know, do something safer, do something that if everything goes wrong, you have something to fall back on, you know, what a mistake. What a, what a stupid mm. mentality. Like, why would you not believe in yourself on some level? And I, I, I don't know how I talked myself into that. I like most people say like my parents didn't believe in me and my parents don't, that's not, my parents told me to do whatever I wanted to do. Yeah. You know, I was just, I mean, I, through high school at a small town, I was an athlete. I did student council. Like, I mean, I did everything. I was kind of a, I was a well-known kid in town. Mm-hmm. I did a whole lot, and I was terrified to fail. Yeah, I was terrified to do the journalism thing. And again, at the time, there's only one radio station in Oklahoma City doing sports. So your like number of jobs, tiny, yeah, tiny. And anybody my age, any guy my age, would have wanted those jobs. Um, and so I just freaked myself out and I just said, ah, oh, man, yeah, you can try to make that work, but this just probably won't. So get a different degree, do something different. Mm. Um, and that was a mistake. Like what a, you know, what a wow. terrible mentality. Um, so, I mean, that's what, and again, it's not, it's not that I've made it. I mean, I just made jokes about how little money I make and that's all yeah. true. Yeah. Uh, so it's not like I've gotten there yet, but I really feel like that put me a few years behind because I was just so terrified of failing. Yeah. I was so terrified of having to go back and be like, cause I mean, having to go back and say like, yeah, I'm going to do media or, you know, when you go back to your hometown, yeah, I'm doing journalism. I want to be on the radio. And then three years later, come back to town and people say, well, how's that going? And you're like, haven't gotten there yet. Yeah. I was terrified of that being my answer of, mm. of failing uh, or not even really getting a chance, yeah, you know, man. not even getting a swing at it. So freaked myself out, which was so stupid. Wow. So, so stupid. Yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting because when I was growing up, same fears. Yeah. You know, you want yeah. you don't want the perception of you failed or you're failing and people are like, eh, whatever, dude. Don't yeah. believe me anymore, man. Yeah. Which, again, it's so stupid because my parents are so supportive. Yeah. I could have came home Absolutely. and said, Mom and Dad, I wanted to be a rodeo clown. And there's nothing wrong with being a rodeo clown. Right. Uh, but I came from, both my parents went to college. Like, I was mm-hmm. kind of expect that's what I was going to, and they would be like, okay, Chisholm. Yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll make that work. Like, they... I could have told them anything. So I had no excuse. It was literally just my own fear, which is, yeah. which is silly. But yeah. Yeah. You mentioned you read a lot. So in your time frame right now, what book or, or chapter from a certain book best represents your chapter in life right now? Oh, my chapter in life right now. Yeah, man. I don't know. This is a, I mean... I'm 26, but in most ways, I feel like I'm 22, you know? Yeah. You know, it's just, yeah. uh, I'm kind of, I'm just not hitting a point where I feel like I'm gaining a little bit of traction of where I want to be. Yeah. Uh, but I am light years away from that point. But like I, this, and seriously, it feels like I've been, I was running in place for a long time and now this suddenly feels like I'm gaining a little bit of ground. <sighs> so I'm trying to think of a book I've read recently uh, that would kind of explain that. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, that's tough. Uh, I will say I, I'm always proud of where I'm from. And when people say that I want to be in sports media and I'm like, yeah, I'm totally okay with living in Oklahoma city for the rest of my life. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not one of those people who are trying to gun to get on ESPN or get in LA, but if they call, I'd listen to you, I was going to say you listen. <laughs> yeah, for yeah. Sure. Uh, but anyway, so like, that's not my overall goal is to be as big as possible, but like, I just identify so much with the city and with the state. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I disagree with a lot of stuff here, uh, but I agree with a whole bunch too. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just really agree with this community. I actually just got done reading Boomtown by Sam Anderson, mm-hmm. which is guy who works for the New York Times. Yeah, is that me? Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, guy who works for the New York Times, and 
he lived in Oklahoma for 10 years and wrote a book about it. And he wrote chapters about, you know, history to the thunder, you know, to a whole bunch of different stuff. Um, and I just finished that book last week and it's sad that it took me that long to get to it um, because it was so, so good. It came out about a year ago. And uh, there's a chapter in there talking about the connection. And I know this is going to sound wild. It's the third to last chapter in the book. Everyone needs to read it. Every single person that lives in Oklahoma City. But there's a chapter talking about the connection between the OKC bombing and the Oklahoma City Thunder and how that was a moment and then how the Thunder have tied into the regeneration of the city. Mm. That was the low point. The Thunder have helped increase the high point, not because of basketball, not because of wins and losses, not because of the NBA title, but because of the sense of community and yep. everyone drawing together. And it is so well written. And I, I'm not a writer. I'll never be a writer. You'll never see by Chisholm Holland. Like that, that, you will never see that in your life. That's not me. Um, and it's so well written and so beautiful. And it sums up exactly what I try to explain to people who don't live here mm. about the community and about the connection that you could feel with the city here yeah. uh, based off a whole lot. And while everyone thinks that the Thunder represents like winning basketball or OU football represents winning and bas- and football, in reality, it represents a deeper connection here because, you know, Oklahoma City, it, it's about the community. It's about everyone being here together. and It's about everyone kind of having that collective, we're cheering for this thing mm. because we all cheer for this thing. Um, and it's one of the shorter chapters in the book. And like I said, it's it's one of the most beautiful chapters of a book I've read in a long time. Wow. I was really, I mean, I, it was so good that I read it probably five times. Wow. I read through it once. I went, I got to read that I, because there's just so much meat to it. Um so that's something I mean, just as far as hitting me home of like, yeah, yeah, like this is, I'm happy that I live here. I'm grateful that I live here because a lot of people my age try to get out. And yeah. I get that. I get True. that. Um, a lot of people my age are trying to move out of Oklahoma City. But I, it just, it, it just, you know, it just re, it got that emotion stirred back up in me of like why I love this place. Um, so that's just something that I read recently that yeah. hit home. Yeah. I'm also a really emotional person. Nothing wrong with that, man. Uh, you know, my, yeah. No, no, no. Dude. Nothing wrong with that. I, I got no shame about it. But yeah. Yeah. So like I get like a mo- like movies. Dude. I'm all. Waterworks? I'm, I'm, sometimes. Like, okay. I, oh, man. Like I get into it. I get oh, into yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. Uh, I, first time I watched Marley and Me. Oh, I, dude. Oh, dude. Just. Oh, man. In the theater. Just losing my. I mean, just could, could not stop it. And yeah. I felt like a child. But yeah. I'm, like, I'm, not, I'm yeah. wired that way. I get emotionally. Dude, I love that. I, I'm the same way, man. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I the, the connection I feel when you talk about Oklahoma City, it runs deep, the community, the culture. and it, the, the culture, it, it it's the people, man. They they come together. We come together as Oklahomans, and we cheer for the Thunder. Or if there's a downtime, we cheer to bring everyone up out of the situation. Right. I'm yeah. with you. Yeah. 100%. And it's, it, it's, it's really hard to explain for people as to have people... I, through this job, I have friends who live all over the country now, which is great. Yeah. Uh, and it's just, they're like, yeah, yeah, home home court is always a great thing. Or all the fans, it's like, I oh, mean, it's just different. It, it's hard mm. to explain because I've been to other arenas. I've seen other NBA teams play. It's different. Yeah. It's just different because it's, like, winning and losing isn't the number one priority. I don't think in that arena. I think yeah. it's a whole lot more about you and, like, the 15 people in the same aisle as you. Dude, I, I'm with you, man. Yeah. It, it, it's deeper than winning and losing yeah a thunder game and yeah. it's just bringing people together yeah and then you get all the adrenaline of the crowd going it feels the players oh yeah it does for sure you know 100%. for sure for sure for sure yeah which is 
why I love this job so yeah. much. Yeah. 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 It's all that. Couple more questions. I know you're got to go on to oh. side hand a little no, bit. No, I think we're good. I mean, oh, you're good. Okay. Yeah, I got plenty of time. Man, uh, if you had to think back to a certain belief you had, let's say five years ago or eight years ago, what was your belief then? Fast forward to today, is it still as strong, stronger, or not as strong? A belief that I had five years ago. Yeah. Uh, again, professionally or just either way. Uh, yeah. Let's see. I mean, there's a lot of stuff to pick from. Obviously, five years ago, I was 21. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I'm 26. And wow, that's only five years. And yeah, a lot changes in five years. Yeah. About your perspective on life and kind of everything that you're going through. Um, it's tough. It's just because there's a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of stuff uh, that changes in that time period. Um, right now, I mean, I would tell you something that just jumps out at me. I was 21 years old and I can have people call in to verify. I never drank, drank alcohol ever until I was 21. Never drank illegally. Um, and something I struggled with early in that process was I felt like I need to do things and alcohol being an easy example. I'm just using that as an easy one. Uh, I always kind of need to be who people wanted me to be on oh, in a social atmosphere. I'm a people pleaser. Like I love telling people yes. Um, and I like overbook myself and I agree to do everything I possibly can just cause yeah. I want to be helpful. And I, you know, just, I enjoy that process of it. Um, and early, uh, in my professional career, it felt like if I'm out with this person who's in the same industry, I am, if he's drinking, I need to drink. Mm. If he's here till two in the morning, I need to be here till two in the morning. And there was this little bit of a thing where I was struggling, trying to find my identity um, outside of the workplace, outside of my friend group in a professional social setting. I was 21 and you go into an industry where everyone drinks, everyone goes out, everyone has a good time. It's one of the things that some people really love about this job is the flexibility yeah. of being able to do kind of whatever you want, whatever you want to. Um, and man, about a year, like I just, I was doing it cause I felt like I should, because I was like, I, you know, I, these people are doing it. I want those people to like me. Mm-hmm. So if a, job ever came up i would be one of the first names on their list yeah and i just really was a, i wasn't being authentic and like mm. i said i'm a christian and that this is not me like vaguely hinting like i was doing some extreme yeah hard drugs or anything like that that's not the case uh but i just didn't feel like myself you know i felt like i was kind of compromising who i was a little bit because i've always been a christian i've always been uh someone who believed in moderation on some level i got nothing against alcohol i still drink alcohol yeah. but there's moderation there's also being a representation of who you want to be in public. And I felt like I wasn't doing that. Mm. And at 21, I was doing it because of my fear of making sure my coworkers like me. Yeah. And it took me a while to realize, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're not yourself though, and they don't like you, if you're not yourself and they like you because you're not yourself, that means they don't like you. Like they don't mm. like the real you. What are you doing? You're setting yourself up for failure. And that was like a big, that was a big thing that I kind of had to figure out early. It was like, Oh yeah, I just need to be myself all the time, uh, and because this industry, there's not a whole lot of people, and one or two opinions can be the difference between you getting a job that you deserve or not mm-hmm. getting a job you deserve. That don't get so caught up in trying to please everyone. Don't yeah. get so caught up in trying to make sure that everyone likes you, where you compromise on who you are as a person. Yeah, um, you know, it's just it's all those lessons I feel like every adult learns right out of college. Yeah, you know, about being yourself all the time. Yeah, yeah. Wow. 
So it sounds like you believe in yourself more now than you did just even five years ago. The strength of that. For sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm way more comfortable in my skin now yeah. than I was five years ago. Yeah. For sure. Man. That's awesome, dude. I'm still trying to get there, you know. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think I always say there's no finish line. So, I mean, we're always working towards. Oh, absolutely. You know, the legacy. Speaking of legacy, man, how do you want to be remembered? I want to be a good husband. Um, I am so blessed. I Like, I cannot explain to you how awesome my wife is. Um, like I said, don't make a ton of money. Yeah. You know, her income basically helps keep us afloat. Um and that's not fair, mm. you know. That's not fair for her to have a really good job and have to live like she has a really below average job. That's not fair, but she makes that sacrifice. And so, like, she's just an incredible woman. Um, she's so loving and so carefree, and she has never said a word about anything. You wow. know, You know, she's just she's just not wired that way. Yeah, um, yeah. So I can never thank her enough. But, yeah, so I would love to make sure that I'm as good of a husband as I could be every single day. Yeah. Um, eventually I want to have kids. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 26. It feels like I'm late to the party. Like all my friends who are my age have kids now. Which, nah, yeah. I totally agree. Totally agree. Um, it feels like I'm a little late to the party, but yeah, I'd love to have kids. love to be a good dad. Yeah. Um, and leave a legacy. But most, what I'm trying to lately is what I've dialed into is I just want to be someone who was a great member of my community, mm. you know, be a good member of my church, be an involved member as, as far as the citizen goes, be a good neighbor. Yeah. Uh, you know, just try to take care of the people around me. I, most people feel like they want to have this big global impact. They want to be this person who like every, you know, this person in New York or New Jersey or California, they know their name and everyone's wired like that. I feel like a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, I think in the past few years though, I've just been way more comfortable with if the 50 people that I interact with every day, all think I was a positive influence on their life. Perfect. Um, um, so, cause I just think right now is a, as a nation, as a whole, like we're struggling being good neighbors. Mm. We're struggling being good people to strangers. Yeah. We're struggling all with all of that. Um, and I think a lot of that, I mean, you could point to like 5,000 different reasons of why we're heading that direction. Um, so on some level, I'm trying to be a little bit of an outlier. In the fact that I just want to be a good neighbor. I want to be a good citizen. I want to be I a good member of my community. But I would say, number one, take care of my wife. Number two, take care of my kids who don't exist yet. But yeah. they will be eventually. Down the road. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, dude, yeah. There's there's no question. Yeah, yeah for sure. I love that. That it's an incredible answer, actually. I, <laughs> it's yeah. refreshing, man. Yeah. It it really is refreshing. Yeah. Uh I'll tell you, I mean, a lot of this I me and my wife just bought a house a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. Nah, probably not even that long. Maybe like a year, like two months. And uh we had to change churches. And so well, I was in college at UCO, and when I lived in Edmond, we just kind of jumped around from Life Church to Life Church. Nothing wrong with Life Church, um, but like I didn't have like a church home. Mm-hmm. Um, so this was like the first time I've ever like looked for a church home. Yeah, you know what I mean. Because uh, in Marlowe, went to the same church as my parents my whole life, and so yeah. I just had never done that process before. And I go to the OKC Community now uh, on Twenty Third Street. It's a great church, and there's a pastor there named Tim, and I'd say that is all Tim. Yeah, uh, Tim is a, a great, great dude. Um, Man. So, uh, yeah, he's the one who's really got challenged me and challenged me, challenged our congregation. Uh, but just to kind of think that way on some level about who do you want to be, and I kind of think that's my answer. So, like I said, I'm happy to say that's my answer, and also happy to tell you I'm not perfect at it. 
yeah. you know, trying to get better. Yeah. Uh, but that all comes from Tim, man. He's a great, dude. He dude. deserves a little bit of love. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Wow. Last two questions. Number one, how do the viewers and listeners get in touch with you? If No cell phones, unless you want to give it away, but... No cell phone yeah. number. Uh, if you Google my name, you can find my cell phone number from my previous <laughs> job. Uh, so it's not hard. <laughs> uh, but... Uh, like I said, I'm pretty easy to find on the internet with my name. Yeah. Uh, Twitter is at Chisholm Holland. My name is a disaster. I uh, we have uh, outside uh, people who uh, consult with the franchise. They just give you like, hey, like you do this well, you don't do this well. You know, just they're consultants. So yeah. Just here's how you improve the show. Yada yada yada. And I have been told for three years now that like my I would have four times more Twitter followers if my name was easier to spell. Uh, which I can't do anything about that. But mm. I, just, I always find that funny. Uh, yeah, so it's C H I S H O L N. Yeah, the name Chisholm is tough. But yeah, at Chisholm Holland on Twitter. It's the only social media I got, uh, but I'm on it pretty frequently. So yeah, yeah. I noticed because it, uh, Chisholm had two H's in it. Yeah, I, yeah. I looked back. It's like okay. That second H, man, it throws people. Yeah, it throws people. Yeah, yeah. It does. And whenever I'm on the phone, people say, "Okay, sir, can I have your first name?" I'm like, yeah, it's Chisholm. C H I. No, sir, your first name. Like, yeah, that is my first yeah. name. I got it. I got it. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah. All right, man. Last question of the day. Chisholm Holland, do you approve this podcast? I do approve this podcast. I do, man. It's a good time. I appreciate it. Yeah. My name is Wong Lam. I definitely approve this podcast. Thank you so much, man. Yeah, thank you. For sure. Yeah, dude. That's awesome, man. Thank cool. You. I truly hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you have a defining moment or moments you would like to share, please reach out to me. I would love to visit with you about it and share it with the world on a podcast. Here's how to find me. Visit my website, www.definingmomentspod.com. Subscribe to Defining Moments Podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you enjoyed listening to this show, I would be extremely honored if you gave us a review. This helps boost this podcast so more people can find it. Go out and be a positive influence today, every day. Make someone smile. My name is Wong Lam, and I approve this podcast.